1: Season's greetings, everyone. I'm Ryan Sprague, the host of the Somewhere in the Skies podcast. And at this time of the year, I have a tradition to give to an organization that I firmly believe in. And that is the Women's Refugee Commission. The Women's Refugee Commission improves the lives and protects the rights of women, children, and youth displaced by conflict and crisis. They research their needs, identify solutions, and advocate for programs and policies to strengthen their resilience and drive change in humanitarian practice. There are currently more than 66 million persons forcibly displaced worldwide. So let's help make change this holiday season. For the entire month of December, 50% of new Patreon subscriptions, book sales, and sales of any Somewhere in the Skies merchandise will be given to the Women's Refugee Commission. I'm so excited to have increased both the percentage and opportunities to help this amazing organization. And by supporting the show, you will too. So head on over to Patreon and become a member at patreon.com slash somewhereskies. Buy the Somewhere in the Skies book on Amazon. Just search for it by title or by name. Ryan Sprague. All Somewhere in the Skies merch is available at TeePublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And search for the Somewhere in the Skies store. Thank you for helping. And I'm wishing all of you a very happy holiday season and a bright new year. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Somewhere in the Skies. I'm your host, Ryan Sprague. This week, I decided to catch up with an old friend of mine, Andrew Sanford. Andrew is a writer and comedian holed up in New York City. He has written a published graphic novel and was twice featured as a writer in the ABC Discovers showcase. Now you can hear him every week on his successful comedy podcast, Half-White Son of a Black Man. Today, we sit down to discuss one of my favorite UFO cases turned movies, Fire in the Sky. What did Andrew think of this adaptation of the highly controversial case of Travis Walton? Tune in right now. To find out, this is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Spread.
0: What's up, buddy? I'm glad to finally talk about Fire in the Sky, a movie that I saw. Um,
1: <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <laughs> that, that, a movie I, that you saw. That's the quote we're going <laughs> to put on the marquee.
0: <laughs> this is a movie that I saw. Dot dot dot. It was, um, I gotta give it, I gotta hand it to you. So, Ryan, that you brought this movie to me. What is yeah. your experience with this movie? Why is this movie so near and dear to your heart?
1: All right, so I'm a lot closer to this movie than I think some people might think. Be- besides it just being about alien abduction, I am personal friends with the person that this movie is based on, Travis Walton, which we will get into. Being a ufologist, this is one of the seminal cases in alien abduction lore that we turn to for credibility again we will get to that but uh (laughs) but yeah this this movie when it first came out uh 93 i believe uh i was terrified of this thing absolutely terrified i remember i was on a vacation with a friend and it happened to be on hbo or showtime or something and we tuned in right at like the the very peak climax of the film, which we'll get to, and uh, <laughs> it scared the living daylights out of me. So that's why when we were trying to decide on a movie, I'm like, what what horror films do I know that involve aliens? And there's a lot of them out there, but this one really stuck out to me because it's kind of horror, but kind of not, and it's in this really weird, nebulous area. So I, I'm so happy that you decided to... To cover it, and um, I lent you my book of Fire in the Sky a yes. couple of years ago after I had you on my show to to say, look, look at this case of alien abduction and tell me you don't believe it. So.
0: I will say it is the idea that that is as you said you introduced me. Uh, to the tale of Travis Walton, I believe on an episode I, 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 where I am often taken to task in some of the YouTube comments <laughs> on your page, which I really get a kick out of, which I'm sorry. Um, oh my god, are you kidding me? No, not to you. I'm apologizing to um, your fans that don't like me. <laughs> um, but I, I am a, a, a skeptic when it comes to a lot of these things, as I've said before. As you should be. And the story of uh, Travis Walton, I found very intriguing when you presented it to me. I I will say that I think that this movie kind of turns away from what's intriguing about the story for some really weird things that I will need some clarification on.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. We'll get Um, to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I am. I'm very excited to have seen this. Regardless, it definitely wasn't. I, I had. I in an episode that'll come out right before this one, I'll go over some of the um, movies that I had the least fun watching, and I would not put this one anywhere near that list. There was plenty of fun stuff in this movie, and there's some very um, solid moments, and some of that is just, uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm thank you, I would say thank you to you for picking this one out. Of course. I, I, it's always nice when I get a Shocktober movie that I haven't seen before.
1: Right. I think yeah. that definitely helped. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I guess where, where should we start?
0: <laughs> Let's start at the beginning. I do love the – I love the setup at the beginning, which is where you have, like, a little – it's a bar and, like, a log – a a logging town in Arizona Um, and I think my first note is actually Arizona spooky (laughs) Um, because who's not scared by Arizona Uh, (laughs) but um, you have uh, this uh, bar in a logging town and then uh, this group of gentlemen come in they look like they've just seen a ghost and they all sit at a table and essentially say like uh, well like are talking about something mysterious something about all right. telling the same story, we don't quite know to, yet
1: what it, right. what happened, yeah,
0: um, and then they call on the cops, and then we find out that they they uh they have a friend who went missing and they- be, or, and they believe an alien did it, mm-hmm. they believe aliens did it um, and that's <laughs> that's where we start well, one thing that I will say that through me about this movie almost immediately. Is that well? A, I'll, I'm always I'll, let me just say, I'm always happy. The cast for this was a lot of fun. I yeah. love, I love, I love that James Garner's in this movie, mm-hmm. and I love that James Gardner is in this movie so much <laughs> um, as just this, like, really cool, no nonsense CEA agent. I couldn't tell what he said he worked for.
1: Yeah, I'm not quite clear on that either. I mean, his character was kind of made up for the film, whereas, Uh again, we we should stress that this movie in the beginning says it's based on a true story, which we will debate, (laughs) I'm sure, a lot tonight, but... But that being said, Jameis Garner's character was based on the actual sheriff of the town of Snowflake, Arizona, where this happened.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He's sort of an
1: amalgamation of all the law enforcement that was involved in this this case, which we will get to a possible murder case um, of this man, Travis Walton. So, yeah. Yeah. Again, I thought he did a wonderful job with the role.
0: Yeah, no, he's great. Uh, It was fun to see Peter Berg in there. Yeah, um, Mr. Uh, modern Day Action Film himself, uh, and T One Thousand Robert Patrick. Yeah, he was fantastic. Now that and that leads me to my next point is that the movie I would have expected to be about um, Travis Walton is really more about Robert Patrick's character, Mike Mike Rogers.
1: Yeah, so I mean that's what's interesting. So again, this is based on a book, but because right. our Our main character, I guess we should sort of set up what happened. So, like you said, these guys, they show up in this cabin or this restaurant and they say, you know, we got to call the police, tell them what happened. So they claim these six loggers, including Travis Walton, they were out doing a tree thinning project uh, Mm -hmm. in the woods. And on their way home that night, they see this, what they assume is a fire out in the distance. They drive up on this thing and it's an actual it's it's there. It's a flying saucer in the middle of right. the woods. Travis gets out to look at this thing. He's curious. He wants to know what it is. And shoots a beam down at him and knocks him off his feet. They all think he's dead, so they hightail it out of there which some friends they are but uh I've, a lot of people are always like what why why did they just leave him there but you know yeah. they were terrified they had no idea what the hell was going
0: yeah on. no that like that made sense to me yeah it, it, like it's it's you know humans suck but it doesn't like not make sense
1: exactly yeah <laughs> um so yeah so so again they go back to look for him mike does Rod, robert mm-hmm. patrick's character and uh travis mm-hmm. himself is nowhere to be found And he's missing for five days. So, again, right there, your main character of the film is missing for most of the movie. So what do you do? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, we we sort of see it through Mike's eyes.
0: And and I I wish, if anything, that led me to be a little bit disappointed when later on the focus of the movie shifts away from Mike. Because I kind of liked that... That aspect of it, because I was I was interested at first and just like, oh, what it like, what would happen to somebody in that situation? Because I felt like they set it up with a in a reality at first where the aliens seemed very real, like this this spaceship thing that we see in the movie. I mean, the movie is just full on showing us a spaceship. There's that there's like no a debate. car full of people saying, yeah. Which it, which does kind of like present its own problems. Then it's then a lot of thing a lot of the things that come later in the movie were less shocking to me mm. because I was like, well, no, we already said that this is what happened we already know like it wasn't as much, it was played it felt like it was played a lot for a reveal when i was just like no nah, you guys show we saw a spaceship like we know that that, that he got abducted by aliens
1: right um, there's very little left up to the imagination which yeah i agree i think you know had we not seen that this scene which again i as a kid i was terrified of seeing this man get of course uh, hit by a oh UFO. and some of that
0: is still pretty scary the the spandex he gets put on his face or whatever
1: Oh yeah, we'll we'll get to that abduction scene for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. that is the most famous part of. Oh, this sorry,
0: movie. I'm sorry. you you were saying the initial abduction when he gets hit by the beam of light. Yeah, right. the
1: first kind of horror esque scene in this film, I guess, or sci fi. Yeah. Um, oh no,
0: it's pretty. It's pretty scary. His body convulses in a way that's pretty terrifying as well. Yeah, um, the kind of back, like arms back and head back. It's. Uh,
1: and that that whole part of it, according to the actual Travis Walton, is all real. I mean, this thing. Wow. Well, according to the witnesses, shot him back like 20 feet into the air. And Oof. just left him there, completely knocked out. They thought he was dead, but again, you're like you said, there's very little mystery with this. We're about to yeah. see it play out that these men might be charged with the murder of their friend or their coworker. But again, we saw the alien craft. We saw this happen. So right. I completely understand what you're saying with that.
0: But but what's what's unfortunate is it's because that's a very fun setup for me. Like I love the idea. Of of something supernatural or otherworldly being the cause for somebody to be in trouble, like to put place blame on somebody, and then that thing disappearing for the rest of the movie. I would have almost rather never saw Aliens again. Um, but I mean, that's not the sell of the movie. The snag is, with the, the, the big twist with the Travis Walton story, because you see these guys going around being paranoid, like they're getting... The entire town thinks that these guys killed their best friend. Like it starts to ruin this guy's life. And then, as he did in real life, Travis comes back.
1: Yeah, five days later, after, you know, the town is, and the police ha- are investigating them and finding out that, you know, this tree thinning project they were on, that they were really behind schedule. So they kind of made this whole thing up to get, like, an extension on their. Their contract, But in reality, they lose the contract because of no. what happened to their friend. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's missing for five days. The whole town thinks they murdered him. It starts making international headlines. Journalists from all over the world are descending on this small town, both because they think it's a murder case. And... And the other half think that this man was abducted by aliens. So it was crazy, man. Again, this all actually is documented and happened. And um, right. like you said, the sort of the big twist is that five days after, he shows back up. And yeah. in that interim, and, like we, we have a lot of drama as well.
0: Yeah. And uh, I, I will say that um, before we stray too far away from it, because I believe i'm going to I'm going to ask a question that I'm sure has been asked before, but I do believe that anybody new to this film would would really have to know as far as how it compares to the real life um Travis Walton uh, just to really nail the details down, I would like to ask you, does he ride his motorcycle on the sidewalk <laughs> often? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the qu- that's the burning question and 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 is, did he have a young female
0: friend that worked at a bakery um <laughs> That knew well enough to bring him a bag of donuts hanging outside of the door. Like
1: clockwork. (laughs) Like clockwork. Like, this is something they've done a lot. Oh, my God. That was. You you know what that scene reminds me of? So, yeah. (sighs) So Travis is up on the sidewalk, gets his donuts, waves to the the girl who clearly adores him, and uh, this reminded me so much of uh, Back to the Future.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, Back to the Future future meets james bond
1: yes and actually there's a lot of sort of spielberg and uh zemeckis nods in this film uh oh yeah if if you really look for them they're there so you do have to wonder was this kind of their Mm -hmm. way of shoehorning that in there but yeah i I mean henry
0: henry thomas is in this movie yes
1: yeah he is
0: little elliot elliot this is this is his second appearance in shocktober this year
1: Not only that, it's his second appearance in an alien film. Talk about pigeonholing, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But to answer your question, no, I do not believe the actual Travis Walton (laughs) rode his motorcycle on a sidewalk. He's actually too badass to do something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. I'll tell you more about that later. This guy is... Okay,
0: okay. He's
1: he's a hero of mine for sure.
0: I believe... Sure, sure. (laughs) Sure. But so we, uh, when he comes back, he's he, he clearly looks like he's suffered. He's got, like, wounds I, I, around both of his eyes. Mm-hmm. He's got black eyes. He's got some wounds on his nose, I believe, and maybe by his mouth. And then I think they say something to the effect that he hasn't had food. The doctors say he hasn't had food or water for five
1: days. All true. All documented. Oh, crazy. Uh, so – before we get to that the one thing I did want to point out Andrew if you don't mind is No please. the uh, the lie detector test aspect Oh always. yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I thought that
0: it was later. No, no I I cuz I I love those scenes too. I thought those were really that was when the movie was really, you know, really singing and yep. really hitting some stuff that I thought was um handled really well. And was interesting.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, again, they think that these men murdered this guy, or they're covering something up. Like, this whole alien abduction scenario is just impossible. Like, why? Why? Why would they do this? So, they do decide, all of the loggers, to be put under polygraph tests again you know no longer admissible in court but is still a good way to at least see if they're all on the same page you know um, right. and back in 1975 when this happened like lie detectors were pretty big and you know right. sort of new pioneering technology as it were right
0: oh yeah maybe like 30 years old at that point I right i'll say something around there
1: Right, right. And uh, Cy Gilson, the dude who administered these tests, uh, I've spoken to him personally as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. So all of the men go under the polygraph and they are point blank asked, did you murder your friend? All of them say no. They're asked, did you see a flying saucer? They all say yes. Did the flying saucer zap your friend? Yes. They all passed with flying colors. Every single one of them that... They did not murder their friend clearly because he comes back, but that this UFO actually they actually saw this this actually played out so that's a big part of all this and after they pass the tests, that's when Travis comes back and has this really interesting story to tell about what happened to him in those five days
0: crazy yeah i I'm still struck by the eyewitness aspect of that of that stuff. I will say that the one thing that. I had a bit of a hard time with was the um, just to jump ahead because it's so directly connected. Apparently they tested the guys again, like the year that this movie came out and they're like, and then they all passed. It mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but that's almost 20 years later. <laughs> and they like, 17 years later, I can convince myself my, myself, some, uh, pretty much of anything. Understand I would think. When you yeah. believe a lie
1: for that long, it becomes the yeah, truth. Yeah, I exactly. deal with that all the time, man, in this field of ufology. Yeah. If you believe strong enough that these things happen to you, I've spoken to hundreds of people who have claimed alien abductions. If they believe this actually happened to them, they can start to live in that. And again, my big thing, sure, sure. including the Travis Walton case and all the people I've interviewed throughout the years who claim abductions. I was not there when it happened. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my defense. It might sound.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
1: passive but i was not there in the room when it happened i cannot say if it happened or not but there are some compelling cases and evidence and this is definitely one i point people to to be like i firmly believe something happened out there you know i i, I do and the story that he brings forward about what happened to him up on this craft while he was missing for five days is terrifying it's uh intriguing it's beautiful it's gross it's it's everything in between and i don't know knowing this man and just being with this case for so long i I, i don't know what to think and i will say this movie didn't really didn't really do it for me in terms of being like this is an accurate account of what happened to Travis Walton, because it does sure. sway a lot from what actually happened to him, especially with the abduction scenario.
0: What, what would you say is the biggest difference between the, uh, the book and
1: the film? So when we get to that abduction scene, like you said mm-hmm. earlier, uh, it's yeah, ex- he's,
0: ba- he's back, yep. he's, he's, he's having a hard time living amongst the world, and he has a full-on flashback. To when he wakes up in a space sh- in an alien ship,
1: and the scene plays out, and it's you know, heart pounding. I mean, every time I watch it, I've seen this movie probably like fifty times at this point, man. And sure, I still there's parts where I have to look away during this abduction scene because it is straight up like body horror. It's yeah, it's pretty pretty bad. Even you know for '93, the it's pretty pr- pretty rough to watch. So you know they're putting lasers and needles through his actual eyeball. They're shoving these these surgical things into his ears and his mouth and they're, you know, it, it's just it's really gross. It's so archaic and like barbaric what these aliens are doing to him in reality, none of that happened to Travis Walton apparently. Interesting. He claims that they were extremely now he was scared he was terrified when he was up on the craft but that they did not do these horribly painful procedures to him that as soon as he woke up and saw these aliens around him trying to like do things to him he flipped out he gets off Mm -hmm. the table he grabs the first thing he sees on a table and starts like swinging it at them which right you know we kind of see in the movie but uh but yeah, it it was not what the movie sort of played it out to be. And again, this is Hollywood. You know, I've spoken to the executive producer Tracy Torme on the film who said, "I tried to be as accurate as possible, but sometimes Hollywood just gets in the way." And Sure. And it's rough because Travis had their word that they would make this movie exactly how it happened to him. And as time goes on, you know, in the film industry, like, things change. More people right. get involved. Uh, we have to make this stand out. We need to make this scarier for the audience. So. so to this day, you know, Travis, he does contest a lot of that abduction scene. But the one thing that he remains constant on is that what he felt while he was on that craft, this isolation, this like, you know, sort of claustrophobic feeling, the terror, it all sort of culminates into what the movie portrayed, this really terrifying scene playing out. So, yeah, the the intention and the feeling was there, but what they actually show on screen is nothing like what actually happened to him.
0: And it's also kind of, as far as like a horror movie goes, for me, it was a little hard to be scared by it, only because I knew... Travis so little by the time that scene happened like I feel like we get kind of a crash course on him and then he's gone and I'm okay with the movie being about Mike but then all of a sudden the movie's taken away from Mike when he's really at his like peak most interesting and then instead of like getting any kind of resolution with him we see him two years later, like a completely changed person living in the woods. (laughs) Hermit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and uh, like, it was just, it felt so weird. And I understood, I was like, Oh, they've kind of switched places now, but I never really like, I don't know. It just seemed there was something about it that because I feel like they were like, Oh, we have to pay attention. Like we have to have somebody around the story, so we'll give it to Mike. But then we always have to bring it back to Travis later. Like, I feel like this could have made a better ensemble piece because I'll be honest when I when you've always told me the story before I when I thought about it as being done in a movie or anything I didn't think of the obvious and most interesting thing which is what they went with um, or at least I guess not, not that obvious because I didn't think about it um, <laughs> but um, that you focus on the rest of those people in this movie like that's an interesting being witness to an alien abduction. Or at least like an alien happening um, yeah. that then results in your friend disappearing is 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 pretty interesting. Like what you'll have to go through to explain that, what it might do to your family or your your work or anything. Right. Like what effects that it has. And I I felt like some of that was being handled in an interesting way. But then all that momentum just kind of went out the door almost as soon as Travis came back.
1: <laughs> I agree. See, structurally, this movie is a mess all oh, sure.
0: over the place man I, I,
1: and that's a lot of the criticism that it got when it came out was right. what like what are we watching is this a sci-fi yeah. movie is this like a a biopic is this a horror movie and i don't even think the producers really knew what they were doing or the director for that hand and and that's kind of okay with me cuz this is such a messy topic to begin with alien abduction some people view it as very cool and uh metaphysical and beautiful and others see it as terrifying and for these men it was like such a pinnacle part of their lives but not for not for good like no one no one involved with this case like looks back at it and is like i'm so happy we came forward or that this happened to us it ruined all of these men's lives except except for travis so right that's a very interesting aspect to all this as well as the person that it actually happened to he's doing pretty good i mean he he does wow. all these ufo lecture circuits um you know he he's sort of a rock star in the ufo field this niche community of people but uh but when it comes down to it like i what i find most interesting about all this is that they To this day, every single one of them sticks to this story, and they had nothing to gain. None of them made money off of this. You know, Travis probably made a little bit off of the movie, but at the end of the day, they all lost their jobs. They've lost relationships. One of the dudes involved, uh, who I believe Henry Thomas played, the character he played, this guy became so obsessed Andrew, that he's still, to this day, he goes out to the spot where this happened, praying and hoping that they come back. Because he just wants answers. Uh, the young dude? The young dude. Doesn't
0: that uh, suck? That does suck. I mean, Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. It, it's so sad. Like, you know, just hoping that they'll come back, maybe for him, or that they can give him answers on why this happened to all of them, and and this and that. Where... Travis, the guy it actually happened to, sort of embraced the entire thing and has, like, made a life of it, like, telling his right. story. And and it's really interesting, the dichotomy of what happened to all these people after the event. And it's all because they stuck to the story up until today.
0: That's wild, man. I – yeah, I that's I know – the one thing that was a tip to me that that it, I was gonna try to look everybody up, but I was like, oh man, Travis is the only one with a Wikipedia page. <laughs> and I was like, that means nobody. That was a pig. That was my way of figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's I. That's that is definitely fascinating about the story. And I will say that this movie, because it's so embedded, because now I even question because there's these weird action movie elements to it too when he's like in the ship. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, when he's in the ship and kind of like fights his way out.
1: Um, what, what did you think of the ship itself? It was super unique, in my opinion.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I know. I thought, I, I thought, um, aesthetically, there's a lot of great stuff about this movie. I thought the era, like the Lying Town and stuff just came across really well. And I thought when he was on the ship, what I liked is I didn't fully understand it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't I, I like this
1: slick futuristic UFO no. that we you sort of envision, right?
0: Right. And I wasn't seeing it from, like, an audience point of view where, like, oh, I can see all these other... Di-. It felt more like I was seeing what he was seeing, which was not the whole picture, which I really appreciated. And I, those scenes were, like, very disorienting in a fun way. But he, I, I, he... I feel like he was, like, fighting in there, and now to learn that he didn't really have to fight that much inside of that ship... It's so weird that they added that in and then even went a step further and at the end have him saying, like, I don't think they're coming back. I don't think they like me very much. Kind of like in this like, ah, kick ass Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. It was this weird. I was like, When the fuck did this become an action movie? Yeah. Like what it was it was so you're right, like tonally and structurally it's it's all over the place. But there there were I got I think there were some great moments in the tension between the the witnesses, the five guys at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and kind of like throughout, right, like I said, basically until Travis come back, came back, and I know he's your friend, but I almost wish for the sake of the movie that he didn't. Um, no, not in real life, just <laughs> in the movie. Just in the movie. Yeah. I'm very glad that he as a human being was not taken permanently by aliens, but man, if I had been making that movie, um, <laughs> right, I would no, be I like, let change the story a little bit. <laughs> Let's just keep it. Let's just keep it about these people who are now fucked because they watched an alien abduct somebody, but they'll never be able to prove it.
1: Right. Like, let's put him in the witness protection program for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually a good point. I mean, a lot of people also believe that, you know, they something happened an altercation with the loggers and travis got you know severely hurt or something or right you know maybe they got in a fight or they knocked him out and they're like oh my god we killed him and or something or let's go hide him so they like plan this elaborate scheme where they're gonna put him in a shack or something for five days and then well let's make up this alien story that like this this happened so that we don't get blamed for <laughs> For almost killing this dude or anything like that. So you you do have to wonder. But at the end of the day, he did come back and he had this story to tell. And it has become possibly the most famous UFO abduction case of all time. And, And this dude, Travis Walton, I swear to God, man, like looking at photos and videos of him from 75 when this happened and today, he does not look like he's aged a day. Crazy. Which is so, well, that so weird. Me,
0: well, that leads me to my next uh, next question for you, because I'm sure you've heard plenty of uh, plenty of theories before, being, uh, as you said, having the story be close to your heart and also be somebody who researches things like this, and I'm sure has researched the story quite a bit, and also likes to go out and speak to the, speak to the people. Because I would say it would be very easy to suggest that perhaps he, he was really abducted by aliens, and it was not Travis that returned at all. Have you heard any very crazy theories like that, um, or and if so, hmm. what's the worst one?
1: in In terms of like him coming back, but it's not the actual Travis, or just or not just coming gen- back at all.
0: Just in general, like there there could be that. has Has there ever been people who say like, oh, that's not actually Travis Walton that returned, hmm. um, or have there been? You know, I, I feel like topics like this could lend themselves to conspiracy theories. Oh, totally. Yeah, um, I mean... And I'm basically wondering if you heard any good ones. What's the skinny?
1: So, I was at a UFO conference maybe four years ago now, and mm-hmm. I, I'm in the elevator, and this woman gets on, and of course I'm on the 12th floor and we have to get to the lobby, so I'm stuck <laughs> with this woman for 12 floors, dude. <laughs> uh, okay, so... I'd say around floor nine or whatever, she just turned to me and says, you were on the ship with me. Oh, boy. What? She's like, you were on the ship with me when I was taken. She's like, I remember you so distinctly. You were right next to me, the table next to me when they were examining us. You don't remember? And I was like, "Uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't think I'm who you think I am. And she said, no, I know who you are. You don't know who you are. Oh, boy. So. There are a lot of people in this realm, this UFO, alien abduction community, I guess, uh, who do believe that there are alien-human hybrids living among us, that they, they are taught to act human, to, to sort of infiltrate our species, to eventually take over. I mean, we've seen this in some movies, even the X-Files right. covered this. Sure. So, you know, it's possible... I believe it is Travis that is that was brought back. But what's really interesting is I spoke to him maybe a month ago. And mm-hmm. I something that always bothered me is no one really ever asked the question of him, why? Why do you think they took you? And sure. he sort of recently has started this new theory that he's telling people is that he believes they took him to fix him that whatever happened when he got shot by that beam and you know his friends thought he was dead so did the aliens who did it to him and they brought him up on the ship to fix him you know maybe even revive him bring him back to life and oh man because when he came back yeah like you said he had puncture wounds he was dehydrated he he was starving um you know yeah a lot of physiological things happened but at the end of the day after what happened to him like he should have been dead at that point right. so maybe yeah. this was a rescue operation of some sort if you really want to go you know down the rabbit hole but that's, that's what he crazy. believes and that's what he's going with till this day so yeah it's awesome it's fascinating yeah oh man fascinating so, if true that's that's what i always yeah of, yeah yeah,
0: yeah. And, and with that i think we can move on to our uh, our uh, final segment of this episode which i call did it scare you so ryan with this uh, i'm just gonna
1: ask you point blank fire in the sky did it scare you It did, man. And I know that's. it did only only for the reason that, again, when I first saw it when I was a kid in 93, yes, it terrified me. Even though I was into this topic and I thought about it every day, read all the books, the actual thought of being taken by a non-human intelligence, examined, brought back to deal with the rest of your life terrifies me. So if any, any of this story is true, which yes, I am still skeptical about, but I'm willing to believe this one more than 99% of the cases out there. Um, (laughs) It terrifies me. It seems like these aliens have no empathy for the humans that they're doing this to. They drop them back into their lives to deal with this forever forever. No matter right. how traumatic it is, and uh, and they lack empathy. They don't give a shit. They get what they need out of it, whatever that is, and and move on with their you know testing the next ant or examination patient. I don't know. So yes, this movie does scare me in terms of if it is at all real. Uh, as a horror movie, not so much. But that that yeah. abduction scene still gives me the creeps to this day.
0: Yeah, I would have to say there's there were things about the human element of it that um, I thought at least made me uneasy, I, but I would probably say this movie didn't scare me that much. And with the alien stuff, yeah, it just, and unfortunately lost that whole reveal kind of lost some bite for me only because I was like, I already kind of saw this coming. Um, actually, no, when he got the saran wrap put on him or whatever the fuck that was, that was pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty scary.
1: Saran wrap um, wrapped around anyone's mouth is terrifying. Yeah. Oh uh,
0: god. Ugh. And it wasn't clear either, so it looked it looked like condom, like a condom rubber. Ugh. Like, yeah. Just straight, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A um, lot of that scene was just so brutal. So if yeah. if that's actually what aliens are doing, fuck that, man. I want nothing to do <laughs> with UFOs or alien abduction. Again. <laughs> Done oh, with it. I am done with this feed. You heard it, you heard it here
0: first, everybody. Ryan Sprague, done with the apology. What are you doing to me? I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry.
1: That's it for this week's episode. Be sure to check out Andrew's hilarious current events podcast, Half-White Son of a Black Man. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get your podcast fix. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review Somewhere in the Skies on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to link up with us on Twitter, at Somewhere Skies, and on Instagram, at SomewhereSkiesPod. For exclusive video content, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search for Ryan Sprague and Somewhere in the Skies. For bonus content, and to receive many different rewards at different levels, please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber today. To learn more and to help the show, visit patreon.com slash somewhere skies. You can also join our very active Facebook group and be a part of our daily conversations. Just search Facebook groups for Somewhere in the Skies podcast. Request an invite, and I'll do the rest. Thank you to HelloFresh, the E1 Podcast Network, KGRA Radio, and most importantly, to you for listening. I'll see you here next week, and remember, keep your feet on the ground unlike Travis Walton did, but never stop searching Somewhere in the Skies. Where in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. To learn more, visit entertainmentonepodcast.com.
0: A lot can happen in 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly 3 years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for
1: your next trip?